Volume Two, Part Five, Chapter Eight of Doctor Wardle's School by Anthony Trollope. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Eight: Lord Bracy's Letter. The school and the parish went on through August and September, and up to the middle of October, very quietly. The quarrel between the bishop and the doctor had altogether subsided. People in the diocese had ceased to talk continually of Mr. and Mrs. Peacock. There was still alive a certain interest as to what might be the ultimate fate of the poor lady, but other matters had come up, and she no longer formed the one topic of conversation at all meetings. The twenty boys at the school felt that as their numbers had been diminished, so also had their reputation. They were less loud, and, as other boys would have said of them, less cocky than of yore. But they ate and drank and played, and, let us hope, learnt their lessons as usual. Mrs. Peacock had from time to time received letters from her husband the last up to the time of which we speak having been written at the ogden junction at which mr peacock had stopped for four-and-twenty hours with the object of making inquiry as to the statement made to him at st louis here he learned enough to convince him that robert lefroy had told him the truth in regard to what had there occurred the people about the station still remembered the condition of the man who had been taken out of the car when suffering from delirium tremens and remembered also that the man had not died there but had been carried on by the next train to san francisco one of the porters also declared that he had heard a few days afterwards that the sufferer had died almost immediately on his arrival at san francisco information as far as this mr peacock had sent home to his wife and had added his firm belief that he should find the man's grave in the cemetery and be able to bring home with him testimony to which no authority in england whether social episcopal or judicial would refuse to give credit of course he will be married again said mrs wardle to her husband they shall be married here and i will perform the ceremony i don't think the bishop himself would object to that and i shouldn't care a straw if he did will he go on with the school whispered mrs wardle will the school go on if the school goes on he will go on i suppose about that you had better ask mrs stantelope i will ask nobody but you said the wife putting up her face to kiss him as this was going on everything was said to comfort mrs peacock and to give her hopes of new life mrs wardle told her how the doctor had promised that he himself would marry them as soon as the forms of the church and the legal requisitions would allow mrs peacock accepted all that was said to her quietly and thankfully but did not again allow herself to be roused to such excitement as she had shown on the one occasion recorded it was at this time that the doctor received a letter which greatly affected his mode of thought at the time he had certainly become hipped and low-spirited if not despondent and clearly showed to his wife even though he was silent that his mind was still intent on the injury which that wretched woman had done to him by her virulence but the letter of which we speak for a time removed this feeling and gave him as it were a new life the letter which was from lord bracy was as follows my dear dr wortle carstairs left us for oxford yesterday and before he went startled his mother and me considerably by a piece of information he tells us that he is over head and ears in love with your daughter the communication was indeed made three days ago but i told him that i should take a day or two to think of it before i wrote to you he was very anxious when he told me to go off at once to bowick and to see you and your wife and of course the young lady but this i stopped by the exercise of somewhat peremptory parental authority then he informed me that he had been to bowick and had found his lady-love at home you and mrs wortle having by chance been absent at the time it seems that he declared himself to the young lady who in the exercise of a wise discretion ran away from him and left him planted on the terrace that is his account of what passed and i do not in the least doubt its absolute truth 
it is at any rate quite clear from his own showing that the young lady gave him no encouragement such having been the case i do not think that i should have found it necessary to write to you at all had not carstairs persevered with me till i promised to do so he was willing he said not to go to bowick on condition that i would write to you on the subject the meaning of this is that had he not been very much in earnest i should have considered it best to let the matter pass on as such matters do and be forgotten but he is very much in earnest however foolish it is or perhaps i had better say unusual that a lad should be in love before he is twenty it is i suppose possible at any rate it seems to be the case with him and he has convinced his mother that it would be cruel to ignore the fact i may at once say that as far as you and your girl are concerned i should be quite satisfied that he should choose for himself such a marriage i value rank at any rate as much as it is worth but that he will have of his own and does not need to strengthen it by intermarriage with another house of peculiarly old lineage as far as that is concerned i should be contented as for money i should not wish him to think of it in marrying if it comes tant mieux if not he will have enough of his own i write to you therefore exactly as i should do if you had happened to be a brother peer instead of a clergyman but i think that long engagements are very dangerous and you probably will agree with me that they are likely to be more prejudicial to the girl than to the man it may be that as difficulties arise in the course of years he can forget the affair and that she cannot he has many things of which to think whereas she perhaps has only that one she may have made that thing so vital to her that it cannot be got under and conquered whereas without any fault or heartlessness on his part occupation has conquered it for him in this case i fear that the engagement if made could not but be long i should be sorry that he should not take his degree and i do not think it wise to send a lad up to the university hampered with the serious feeling that he has already betrothed himself i tell you all just as it is and i leave it to your wisdom to suggest what had better be done he wished me to promise that i would undertake to induce you to tell miss wortle of his conversation with me he said that he had a right to demand so much as that and that though he would not for the present go to bowick he should write to you the young gentleman seems to have a will of his own which i cannot say that i regret what you will do as to the young lady whether you will or will not tell her what i have written i must leave to yourself if you do i am to send word to her from lady bracy to say that she shall be delighted to see her here she had better however come when that inflammatory young gentleman shall be at oxford yours very faithfully bracy this letter certainly did a great deal to invigorate the doctor and to console him in his troubles even though the debated marriage might prove to be impossible as it had been declared by the voices of all the wardles one after another still there was something in the tone in which it was discussed by the young man's father which was in itself a relief there was at any rate no contempt in the letter i may say at once that as far as you and your girl are concerned i shall be very well pleased that at any rate was satisfactory and the more he looked at it the less he thought that it need be altogether impossible if lord bracy liked it and lady bracy liked it and young carstairs as to whose liking there seemed to be no reason for any doubt he did not see why it should be impossible as to mary he could not conceive that she should make objection if all the others were agreed how could she possibly fail to love the young man if encouraged to do so suitors who are good-looking rich of high rank sweet-tempered and at the same time thoroughly devoted are not wont to be discarded all the difficulty lay in the lad's youth after all how many noblemen have done well in the world without taking a degree 
degrees too have been taken by married men and again young men have been persistent before now even to the extent of waiting three years long engagements are bad no doubt everybody has always said so but a long engagement may be better than none at all he at last made up his mind that he would speak to mary but he determined that he would consult his wife first consulting mrs wardle on his part generally amounted to no more than instructing her he found it sometimes necessary to talk her over as he had done in that matter of visiting mrs peacock but when he set himself to work he rarely failed she had nowhere else to go for a certain foundation and support therefore he hardly doubted much when he began his operation about this suggested engagement i have got that letter this morning from lord bracy he said handing her the document oh dear has he heard about carstairs you had better read it he has told it all she exclaimed when she had finished the first sentence he has told it all certainly but you had better read the letter through then she seated herself and read it almost trembling however as she went on with it oh dear that is very nice what he says about you and mary it is all very nice as far as that goes there is no reason why it should not be nice it might have made him so angry then he would have been very unreasonable he acknowledges that mary did not encourage him of course she did not encourage him he would have been very unlike a gentleman had he thought so but in truth my dear it is a very good letter of course there are difficulties oh it is impossible i do not see that at all it must rest very much with him no doubt with carstairs and i do not like to think that our girl's happiness should depend on any young man's constancy but such dangers have to be encountered you and i were engaged for three years before we were married and we did not find it so very bad it was very good oh i was so happy at the time happier than you've been since well i don't know it was very nice to know that you were my lover why shouldn't mary think it very nice to have a lover but i knew that you would be true why shouldn't carstairs be true remember he is so young you were in orders i do not know that i was at all more likely to be true on that account a clergyman can jilt a girl just as well as another it depends on the nature of the man and you were so good i never came across a better youth than carstairs you see what his father says about his having a will of his own when a young man shows a purpose of that kind he generally sticks to it the upshot of it all was that mary was to be told and that her father was to tell her yes papa he did come she said i told mamma all about it and she told me of course you did what was quite right and i should not have thought it necessary to speak to you had not lord bracy written to me lord bracy has written said mary it seemed to her as it had done to her mother that lord bracy must have written angrily but though she thought so she plucked up her spirit gallantly telling herself that though lord bracy might be angry with his own son he could have no cause to be displeased with her yes i have a letter which you shall read the young man seems to have been very much in earnest i don't know said mary with some little exultation at her heart it seemed but the other day that he was a boy and now he has become suddenly a man to this mary said nothing but she also had come to the conclusion that in this respect lord carstairs had lately changed very much for the better do you like him mary like him papa well my darling how am i to put it he is so much in earnest that he has got his father to write to me he was coming over himself again before he went to oxford but he told his father what he was going to do and the earl stopped him there's the letter and you may read it mary read the letter taking herself apart to a corner of the room and seemed to her father to take a long time in reading it but there was very much on which she was called upon to make up her mind during those few minutes up to the present time up to the moment in which her father had now summoned her into his study she had resolved that it was impossible 
she had become so clear on the subject that she would not ask herself the question whether she could love the young man would it not be wrong to love the young man would it not be a longing for the top brick of the chimney which she ought to know was out of her reach so she had decided it and had therefore already taught herself to regard the declaration made to her as the ebullition of a young man's folly but not the less had she known how great had been the thing suggested to her how excellent was this top brick of the chimney and as to the young man himself she could not but feel that had matters been different she might have loved him now there had come a sudden change but she did not at all know how far she might go to meet the change nor what the change altogether meant she had been made sure by her father's question that he had taught himself to hope he would not have asked her whether she liked him would not at any rate have asked that question in that voice had he not been prepared to be good to her had she answered in the affirmative but then this matter did not depend upon her father's wishes or even on her father's judgment it was necessary that before she said another word she should find out what lord bracy said about it there she had lord bracy's letter in her hand but her mind was so disturbed that she hardly knew how to read it or write at the spur of the moment you understand what he says mary i think so papa it is a very kind letter very kind indeed i should have thought that he would not have liked it at all he makes no objection of that kind to tell the truth mary i should have thought it unreasonable had he done so a gentleman can do no better than marry a lady and though it is much to be a nobleman it is more to be a gentleman some people think so much of it and then his having been here as a pupil i was very sorry when he spoke to me all that is past and gone the danger is that such an engagement would be long very long you would be afraid of that mary mary felt that this was hard upon her and unfair were she to say that the danger of a long engagement did not seem to her to be very terrible she would at once be giving up everything she would have declared then that she did love the young man or at any rate that she intended to do so she would have succumbed at the first hint that such succumbing was possible to her and yet she had not known that she was very much afraid of a long engagement she would she thought have been much more afraid had a speedy marriage been proposed to her upon the whole she did not know whether it would not be nice to go on knowing that the young man loved her and to rest secure on her faith in him she was sure of this that the reading of lord bracy's letter had in some way made her happy though she was unwilling at once to express her happiness to her father she was quite sure that she could make no immediate reply to that question whether she was afraid of a long engagement i must answer lord bracy's letter you know said the doctor yes papa and what shall i say to him i don't know papa and yet you must tell me what to say my darling must i papa certainly who else can tell me but i will not answer it to-day i will put it off till monday it was saturday morning on which the letter was being discussed a day of which a considerable portion was generally appropriated to the preparation of a sermon in the meantime you had better talk to mamma and on monday we will settle what is to be said to lord bracy End of volume two, chapter eight.